Good morning, class. Welcome to Art Eater Podcast number 56. So today's topic is game advertisements. And I know uh, you might be thinking to yourself, that that's a pretty weird one, right? Like, you know, wh what's there to say about that? Uh, but uh, this is this is a doozy. Uh, th this is a topic that uh, Adam has been uh, suggesting for a while now. And then just the more I thought about it, the more I was like, wait, there's like a lot to dig in here. You know, like there, there's there's the more and more I think about it, the, the, there's so much I want to say about this. So I'm actually like super, super excited about this topic today. Uh, so yeah, the topic is game advertisements, the good, the bad, and the like, what the hell were they thinking when they did that? Uh, so <laughs> I can't wait to get into it. But uh, first, quick introduction. Uh, we'll do our, our, our traditional roll call. So I'm, I'm your host, uh, Richmond. I'm uh, one of the co-founders of Art Eater, and you know I make games for a living. I run a, a game studio called Bidag. Uh, yeah, I've been uh, making games, uh, animation. Uh, my background's in animation and art, um, and yeah, just super excited to be here with my my good buddies here every week to talk about games. All right, and uh, Sean, why don't you let people know who you are? Hello, I'm Sean. I'm usually here. I edit the podcast. I'm a creative director, uh, UX director, you know, UI designer uh, by trade. Uh, during the day, I lead the design teams at NZXT, which is a PC gaming manufacturer designer. Um, otherwise, you can just find me getting into writing or playing video games. But uh, that that is me. The, I'm the UX guy. All right. Hey, everybody. This is uh, James Stanley. I'm the resident fighting game expert here at Art Eater, as well as a storyboard artist and character designer and comic book artist as well. Uh, once again, I'm also excited to be here because uh, I have a lot to say about uh, being in that time without aging myself too much, but uh, being in the time of uh, controversial game ads and sort of being... Uh, sort of like overwhelmed by <laughs> just how intense those ad campaigns are. So uh, this will be a fun podcast for sure. What's up, everybody? Hey, it's uh, Adam here. Pleased to be here once again. It's your favorite game level designer, pixel artist, and also international taekwondo fighter. It's great to be back with the crew as always. And yeah, normally what we'd, what we would be doing is something a bit different, but this time we went all in with an idea of man. I'm really glad that we've been able to. So yeah, I'm also just like going to be very, very happy to discuss some of these weird adverts because I've got so many like kind of, I'm ready to talk about and stuff, but yeah, like I really hope that everyone has a good time with this one. And also, by the way, if you are listening, uh, we do have a, a Twitter account as well. That is the I Eater podcast. You should uh, hit us up over there and give us some suggestions on some of your own favorite game ads from the past too. Hit us back up because we're going to try and get some more engagement going as well there as well. So that'll be cool. But yeah, let's dive right in. We're going to throw it, throw the football back over to Richmond, as they say, um, over in the US. Right. But yeah, let's, let's go. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, man. Uh, this is such a fun topic. And um, t typically when, when uh, we do the Art Eater podcast, like, you know, everyone uh, prepares their notes like way ahead of time. And, you know, we have like a brief discussion about like, hey, what's the plan of attack for tonight? But um, this is such a fun topic that tonight we just decided to wing it. Like we, we no, no pre-gaming. Uh, we, we just like, let's just go, right? <laughs> like where, where do we even approach uh, this subject? You know, like, because there, there's, there's a, uh, so many different ways to approach it. Like uh, game adverts, like it, it's, 
it's a part of gaming that um, is not really, you know, super well documented in, in the history books. And um, it, like people don't really consider it uh, typically like a very important part of uh, the history of games, but uh, it, it is such a like palpable um, part of the experience of, uh, you know, playing games. Um, per, per, particularly if, if you grew up uh, in the, uh, you know, pre-internet age, right? Uh, like this was like one of your, your only ways to get a preview of the game. But um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll toss the football back to you, Adam, because I know you, you were the one that proposed this topic and um, I, I know you had a lot to say about this topic. Okay, I have a lot of things to say about this topic, but one thing which I really wanted to mention, at least just right now, it was the way in which they kind of, they, they were able to utilize certain areas of like adult imagery and theming, but they would mix this in, in a game space type of way, which we don't necessarily see anymore for many reasons, for many good reasons too. But one of them, which always stuck about in my mind, I saw this in a in an advert. Uh, sorry, sorry, I saw this advert in a magazine once back when I was a very very young like child, and they had something called the GBA for men. So Game Boy Advance for men. It was an, as an ad like, as an huh. ad campaign, and they had the tagline underneath it. It said the second best thing to do in the dark. Like referencing, you know, like sex with a, with another person in in bed, basically, and they were actively doing this not just once, but like multiple, multiple times. They would have different versions of these ads with a different couple in bed together, and then they would have a Game Boy Advance kind of like on in the background, and it would just be like there chilling out with the couple, and they would just be there, and it would be shot in a kind of a What's the word for it? It'd be shot like it was for like a oh. fashion magazine or like as if it was for a perfume yeah, yeah. or something. And it was this, yeah, yeah. And it was this whole Game Boy Advance for men thing. And it was I, all monochromatic too. Uh, and they really shot it very tastefully in some ways. It was just very uh, adult. And I thought it was really I, interesting. That I was just wanted to happen. point out that I appreciate how humble Nintendo was being here by being like, it's the second best thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. A, a lesser company might have been like, it's the best thing to do. <laughs> yeah oh we'll get into that yeah, but, yeah. Oh, no, absolutely that's all there's all of that um, too. there's all of that too. what's but yeah. what's also what's also interesting is that the way that these ads are composed this is very much a calvin klein sort of yeah, uh, yeah like totally. oh, it is. aesthetic yeah, yeah exactly it's interesting to see that juxtaposed with a nintendo product like you wouldn't think that that would ever happen you know but yeah yeah this was definitely a thing well, I, they, they did a I'm, really good job also like it's, it's not just the the setup of the the people it's the that it's a thing to do in the dark and they have like the the game boy like with the lit up screen surrounded by this like darkness i actually think that's really a nice effect it's really like eye-catching I just, I just want to yeah. point out, like having a backlit screen was a big deal back then. You know, the original Absolutely. brick Game yeah, Boy true. was not backlit. You you needed light for it. Like uh, um, there 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 was like a, 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 a peripheral that was literally like a light that you had to shine on the screen. Right? There was, uh, and that 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 was battery powered. It was separate. Like you had to clip it on there. You know. Or like I, I've heard of people saying like, oh, they remember play, playing Game Boy in the back of the car at night, and they had to wait until the car passed by a street light to the be lights, able to play. Yeah. They had to like, yeah, we that was me. Pause. I, I did that. Shout what? out to that lifestyle. Yeah. I, I lived that. Oh, I lived that lifestyle. Man, yeah. lived that I, I had. Yeah. 
I had a, a okay, so I have even while sitting right in front of my, my actual eyes, uh, a Game Boy Advance and also a Game Boy Advance SP two, and like mm-hmm. it's literally just like some of my favorite. I have so, so many of my favorite memories on these machines, man. I'm telling you, like they're really good. I'm not sure if you guys can hear this, but Ooh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a little bit, a little, oh, bit, a little bit of that. You guys, you guys already know what's up, but yeah, like it, it's one of those <laughs> things in which like we have these memories and stuff like that, but they're, they're based around like you know the actual hardware itself so yeah like you couldn't actively see in the dark with the with the original game boy so when they added the backlit screen it was a it's a big game changer so i could see exactly why they did this but just sort of circle back onto this though they kind of they, they kind of posit this as a, as a thing which you know is kind of just for adults just for just for like men specifically like some of the some of these like they, yeah yeah i think one of i think one of these in the uh i think i think i think one of these with the dude having it um with the, the lady holding it like one of them might be like parodied just sean just asked me this but like one of them might be but like i know for a fact that like the first three like are real i know i know that for sure is, i've seen them i've seen them in like magazines before is it but, yeah, a, it's like, kind of a problem that i can't seriously detect the difference between what might be a parody and what might be a real ad. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, it's crazy, right? Because like, I, I yeah. know for a fact that someone I know for a fact that someone's recreated this as a as a YouTuber that, that I follow that that recreated a few of like the ads just like for fun, like with their girlfriend and stuff, and like it was a big deal. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's a guy out there called Elliot Cole. Shout out to him. Uh, shout out to Retro Future. But like he did this sort of like re remix retake on an older. Uh, on an old advert here i'll try and find it later on and stuff but a lot of the time when people do this it's a kind of like a just for fun thing but yeah like i think personally like we've we've, we've come to the point now at least in terms of how it is that we view um advertisements and how it is that society has, has changed and shifted so much like i i quite like the fact that like this is that this is like behind us because like, they're doing the whole like oh like game boy advance like for men like for adults type of thing and like i get what they're doing but it's like it just feels so cringe and like so cheesy to me it's just kind of like if i was looking at that now i'd kind of be like oh it kind of like turned me off a little bit instead of being like oh whoa it's so cool like it's more so like a novelty now if that makes sense do you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it feels it feels as if it's kind of like a joke of a joke of a joke instead of being yeah, like yeah. an actual kind of like an advert pointing at a joke if that makes sense but yeah like this is just the first one that i wanted to mention because it's stuck it's been stuck in my mind since i saw it when i was little and yeah I, just, uh, yeah wow. yeah I was just going to yeah. say, I, I feel the need to transition into talking in general about this era of very adult, inappropriate game ads. <laughs> Richmond, go mm-hmm. ahead. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but first, I, I just want to ask Adam, like, how did you feel seeing these ads as a kid? Before we get into the okay. history, the, the deep, sure, shorted sure, sure. history of these these types of ads. Sure. So in 2003, when these came out, I was like about six or seven years old, I think. So like, mm-hmm. I wasn't really, I didn't know very much about the world or about anything. I didn't really have any okay. real life inclination into like what it is that these even really kind of meant. I just knew that it was like adult stuff, like for adults. That's mm-hmm. what I knew. So when I was looking at this, I was kind of like, oh, like, okay. It's like naked people. And like, they're just like in bed. <laughs> and I was like, all right like okay I, I didn't even understand what it was trying to imply but like the second best thing to do in the dark i was like what like sleep like you know what i mean like yeah just, uh, <laughs> I, I, that's where I, that's, that's where i was going because i was like little but like obviously yeah. i'd seen these again like growing up and stuff and then funnily enough back at university and in, in my final year um that by that point i was 21 years old so obviously much older and um yeah like I saw these ads again because we had some older books, read some old magazines in our classroom. 
And I was flicking through them with one of my best friends. And, like, I was like, oh, my God, dude, look at this. And he was like, oh, my gosh, like, what's this? And I was like, dude, you've never seen this before? So I showed him this, like, advert. We just point, I was pointing at it and talking to him about it. And I was like, yeah, I've seen this, like, before. Like, I saw this, like, years ago when I was little. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, that's what it, like, meant. Because I had not thought about it for years and years and years. But, like, yeah, after seeing it again all those years later, like, over a decade and a half later, basically, I was like, yeah. Like, it's one of these things which kind of makes you, I don't know, you do like a double, triple take. You just say, what the, like, this is what they were, this is what they were really going for. Yeah. Like they had the whole thing. It's like pocket size, rechargeable battery. It's like back screen light, Game Boy Advance and in red underneath, like for men, like the second best thing to do in the dark. It's just like, it's just crazy. They really were going for the, for the sort of, um, the Calvin Klein-esque ad, as was said before. So I, I like this ad. I, I do like it. But it's just it's just very very cheesy and of its time, and I think that's a part of like what kind of adds to the charm. Looking back at it now with that that retrospective yeah. Uh, outlook, yeah. Okay, okay. Let's let's get into this because just for context, the the Nintendo ads are actually uh, it, they're silly, right? You look at them, they're they're very silly now, but like they're shot very mm-hmm. classy. Uh, they do really truly evoke like high fashion Calvin Klein black and white tasteful photography, but. Um, leading up to this was like a decade of just absolutely like tasteless <laughs> like uh, ads of uh, of this nature um, yeah it's so, it's stuff that mm-hmm. you wouldn't think yeah. you would want a child to be exposed to intentionally or willingly like yeah it it was it was kind of like a weird situation where it's like you know you could be in a grocery store where there's a magazine section or any place with a magazine section, newsstand, whatever. And as a kid, you could be contemplating a purchase because I don't know too many kids who were like, I'm going to buy game pro game fan, EGM, IGN, whatever, you know, you pick one usually. So you kind of look at the cover, you figure out, okay, are they going to talk about the game that I want to hear about? And as you're just perusing the magazine, you get like punched in the face with one of my favorites. This is one of the ones that I remember. I think a lot of us remember is are the Neo Geo ads where yes. literally the color, co- the color correction on the ad looked like it was like immediately picked up from like American psycho. And there's a, there's like Dude. a, there's like a Christian Bale looking guy in the background Dude, who's doing. I was gonna say that he's a <laughs> bad ringer for Patrick Bateman, but these predate <laughs> those movies. He looks exactly like. Them. Yeah, he looks exactly. <laughs> he looks exactly like Christian oh, Bale does. in American wow. Psycho. Yeah, and he's he's doing like the Maxell like lean back like he's really reeling into the action of like uh, I think it's like a, a shooter game uh, for the Neo Geo, but in the the foreground with more focus is his disgruntled wife in like, you know, Victoria's secret, like lingerie. She looks like pissed in the log line is I remember when he couldn't keep his hands off me. And it's like, yeah, I, mean, I she, she was, looks like a playboy model. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like she yeah. literally looks like a centerfold model. I was probably like, I want to say I was definitely in elementary school and like not toward middle school. Like, elementary school i was a child i was a pokemon ash looking child and i saw <laughs> the little boy and it was just like a sensory overload where i'm like oh my god like i'm okay with this but like i don't think why is this are, like yeah. right? so so like you know you're in the store you're looking and then you quickly turn the page 
you know, so you don't see some like adult walking over you like, what are you doing? You know, because, because, because like, depending on what grocery store you're in, they had like 18 and up like magazines, but they were like covered with like a plastic casing. So you couldn't see, you could see enough where somebody knows, okay, that was there. But like, if you're looking at a regular video game magazine, you're not expecting like oh whoa like a hubba hubba moment as a child like you're just like hey man i just want to find out when street fighter's coming out on nintendo like i don't you know so it was a (laughs) weird and it was also a time where video game ads were kind of following what other ads were doing like again not to date myself but like there was a particular gene that was out like denim like bugle boy jeans right and like every single commercial was like a trope of like weird science where it's like always this older lady trying to seduce some young kid and he's and then she asks him the question of like are those bugle boy jeans you're wearing and then he's like oh my god you know standing there like super awkward and not like knowing what to say and it was like a lot of like uncomfortable sex appeal was put into ads for like teenagers and stuff as a kid so like video game companies were like mirroring the same thing but it's like, you know, mm-hmm. it's in a it's in a magazine for like games. So like, you know, somebody walks past you and they see a video game cover and you're like, oh, like, oh okay, that kid's looking at whatever. But then all of a sudden some adult just comes by and sees like this chick like posing contrapasto in like lingerie. They're gonna be like, What the hell is this kid reading? Like what you know, why 100%. is this a thing? Yeah, so it was like super common for this kind of stuff to happen. But the Neo Geo ad was like definitely one yeah. of the ones where it was like the biggest of like they were really trying to get people to buy uh the neo geo arcade system because it was super expensive on top yeah. of it nah, yeah, I, for I, one I, random I, I, thing just to mention very quickly it's fun, it's fun just happened very fast like in in the back of like cheats and like code books and stuff that you would get for video games that would be full of like tips and tricks and all of the rest of it like in the backs of some of those, I swear, I'm not sure if I remember this correctly, but I swear they had some numbers for like, like, like phone sex lines and stuff. Like, I swear that they did. For some <laughs> Probably, of them. yeah. Like, I've seen, yeah. I, I've seen, I, I remember seeing some stuff like this. And I remember one time, this is just, just random to mention, but like, I had a bunch of friends in high school that I, that I would, um, that I went into a, uh, it's called like a co-op, it's just like a grocery store. But I went into one of these with them and we found one of those, uh, one of these books inside of one of the game magazines. And at the very, very end of this uh, video games magazine, it'd have like a bigger list of phone numbers. And like, they'd have like pictures of like hot babes and like, oh my gosh, call this number for like a good time type stuff. So we tried and we tried to call one and then like somebody picked up and we were like, oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. <laughs> so like, no. And they're sort of like, us being like 11 as we were just like giggled and like put the phone down. They called it again, dude, call it again. Or call it again. And they pick like, hello. And it's like, oh shit, they put it down, put it down. Like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, like all of that stuff, it just reminds me like of that period in time and stuff. It's just, it's yeah. just crazy. But like, yeah, that was a very, very like, yeah. a big, like, it's a very big thing as well. That was kind of like within the yeah. game ad section. But if you just flip, flipped a couple pages back behind the game ads, you'd have all this like stuff. It's like, whoa, yeah. I yeah. I just want to point out that that wasn't present in a US game magazines, but I, I, yeah. I think because um, uh, uh, the the US is actually quite conservative you know uh compared to uh, uk and europe and many other places so like um yeah like we, we I, I i i've heard like in the uk you have like you used to have the the page three girl right in in the sun yes like wasn't that like mm-hmm. a thing yeah yeah like I, I i think nudity was more common or I, I i don't know like like definitely not quite as hidden and restrictive and forbidden as it is in uh the the, the u.s 
I think. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, they used to, okay, so I'm not sure if it does still exist right now. I don't think it does anymore. But, like, there used to be this magazine called Nuts Magazine. There's one called Zoo. And they were basically, they were like, they were glamour model ads, basically. They were, mm. we typically here that they were called, like, Lads Mags, for example. So they would uh, okay. be putting uh, lots of, like, lots of ladies on there who were models. And then after that, they would have, like, different things in there which were, like, you know, important to the typical lad quote unquote just a typical guy type of deal so yeah but inside of that though sometimes they would have like literal like game ads and stuff i remember seeing them game adverts game reviews sometimes as well like yeah like there was some stuff in there that was like mixing this in with like video games and also mixing that in with again like the glamour model aspect too so there was a definite like you know uh, a fusion of uh, both of those aspects and and especially with regard to the period of in time that it was in as well it's actually you know really quite uh, popular i definitely definitely remember seeing that for sure yeah yeah, I feel like Sean uh, has has some some uh, things to say. So let's, okay, let's, so, let's go. So, so I I want to uh, so we're we're kind of talking about the the inclusion of kind of like nudity in women in advertising, right? Like in the game magazines. But I want to this, this reminded me, and I it took me a second to remember the name, but uh, and y'all might have experienced this, but this was like I want to say two thousand or two thousand one. Mm-hmm. This reminded me of, and this was what, like when uh, I was just getting into high school right okay so you remember mm-hmm. this playstation game called fear effect 2 are you guys familiar with uh, yes yes uh, okay, yes. okay so, I'm going this. so i remember and i'm not ashamed to admit this i was super excited about this game because of the advertising um <laughs> and i'm going to share some of the ads so that like if y'all didn't know it's it's like a cell shaded kind of <laughs> like action playstation game uh, oh, wow which, i remember <laughs> these in which the ads uh, like like they make it seem like the the game is like I don't know if it's like about these like women that's are very attractive, uh, often not covered all the way with guns and whatever. And I'm here to tell you the game is not at all like that. It's um it's actually yeah. a pretty boring game. Um, but the I just I remember vividly the this game coming out and the again i don't describe to the listeners these were like bright yellow ads this is like a a, a playstation game right and it was a, a sequel it's fear effect 2 i think there was an original one but it the ads so much made it seem like there was like a sexual element to this game like it was like uh yeah, murder and mayhem interrupted by frequent dressing and undressing like these two ladies put the ass in assassin and like it's, it's, and some of the ads got progressively more sexual. Um, and these were um, like in big magazines and stuff. This wasn't like accidental. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to talk about like clearly the, the company like highly integrated the this like women advertising nudity approach directly into the game design and their advertising, even though ultimately the game is actually like more of like an adventure runaround game and it's not actually that sexy at all um but i just wanted to 100%. talk about it specifically because of like because we're talking about ads and like other magazines where it was like kind of okay or you know le- like you know a little bit more like spicy in order to put like a, a sexual or adult thrust the advertising but this was intentional all the way from the game design oh yeah to the advertising approach like they knew exactly what they were doing and it wasn't just them putting a spin 
um on it so anyway I just it just reminded me that i just had to talk about it especially because like it had this very distinct style that kept coming up in my head i was like what was this game called like uh anyway so i just wanted to talk about it i'm, I'm done i mean it's just goes to reiterate just how like much of a wild west advertising was in print media was at yeah. the time yeah and uh well, i mean this is like a global thing like it wasn't just the u.s and i mean and you, when you think about it it's like you know when you're a kid pre-internet like you're kind of centralized in where you're at so you're not really thinking like are they doing this anywhere else like you're just kind of like wow like they're doing this here but like i mean this was a thing that was happening like all over um and i mean and it's with there i feel like no company was exempt uh i mean in in my <laughs> not case not like, even uh, nintendo yeah. Not even Nintendo. Uh, like even like Konami had some interesting uh, advertisements that you know, if looked at, you know, out, outside of context without like graphic design over the ads, it's like is this a boxing porn? Is this a you know, like there's a lot of things that were really like suspect. Even things that you wouldn't even think about until you get pointed out to you. Do you guys remember the ones that actually played? Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade version game, that the actual like marquee art on the sides were not actual like paintings or drawings. They were like photos. And April O'Neil was on the side. And like if you looked at that out of context, that literally looked like something from like a 90s porn. She had like really big hair that didn't look like it was in the cartoon. Like it was just a really strange <laughs> sort of like selection of things that people were like kind of going into like in terms of like how to present things to kids because i mean kids know what the ninja turtles look like they watched the cartoon they watched the movie and we knew it was the ninja turtle game but it was like this photo like prominently showing april o'neill is a little little sus like yeah. you know like like, like we're, we're, we're little kids like i mean the turtles were in it but like there's like a picture of her where it's just like is that really april o'neill or is that like is that a porn star portraying April O'Neil and Konami just was like, <laughs> ah, just run it. Like, <laughs> like, it's just a very strange, like, like she's not necessarily provocative, like the Neo Geo ad, but it's still like the photo is a little sus. Like, why did you use a real woman for, for this? Like, it's just so, it's such a strange like choice, you know, but yeah, I mean, the nineties were even the, into the two thousands, it was a crazy time for, video game advertisement they really wanted kids to buy games they wanted kids to get games i i mean yeah, yeah. I, 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 go ahead oh, go, go, go ahead now you you got you got it, you got it. Oh, oh i was just gonna say this is one of those things that richmond was talking about where like just in the context of this being an adult now i'm like why did we think this was acceptable <laughs> like who made these ads and was like this is fine <laughs> right and it wasn't just one person it was like a collective of people that were like no this is perfect Send it to print. Oh yeah, I, I I got a couple things to say about that. Um, uh, number mm -hmm. one, a crucial concept is pre pre internet, right? So information was a lot more limited. So um, you know, if you were just watching like a broadcast TV or even regular cable, like if you didn't have Cinemax, Skinemax or HBO, like uh, you know, like you just didn't see like very provocative stuff very often back then, right? It's not like now where everyone has like you know, a supercomputer in their pocket and you, you can see boobs or, you know, much more graphic stuff whenever you want 24 seven. Like it, it, back then, this stuff was like, um, you know, especially if you were, uh, you know, some 
some horny kid like it was like water in the desert right so uh it, it was much more potent uh back then uh just because it was truly like it really did feel like forbidden uh you know and it's just it wasn't something that you had easy access to but the, on top of that the target for a lot of these was actual adults right like the neo geo ads uh neo geo launched in 1990 uh it cost 650 dollars in 1990 dollars right so today that would be almost uh it, it would be over 1400 dollars <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know no Whoa. kids had that that cash to throw around so like they Not were actually targeting they were targeting adults so but it was just like what what a weird era, right? Because like yeah. you you, were, you had to target like adults in their twenties, thirties, forties, but at the same time, video games were considered to be like a, a you know a children's media, right? It was mm-hmm. it was really weird though because it was like I feel like the people who had access to SNK games and Neo Geo games were mostly people in arcades. And as much as adults kind of were in arcades, the majority of people that were in arcades were kids. So it was mm-hmm. like, you know, when you get a video game magazine as a kid, you know, maybe maybe the idea was that, like, they didn't think that kids would be into, like, SNK games. But I was one of those <laughs> kids. I was like, SNK, like, consumed. Like, once I knew, like, oh, okay, look for the red box. You know, like, that was me in the arcade. Like, I want to find an MBS board because I want to play, like, Neo Geo games. So it's like... I guess they didn't assume that kids would really be into them, but it was just like, nah, man, I was the one that got punched in the face by those ads, man. Like, and I was like a little kid and it was like, there were certain issues of like video game magazines. Where I was like, mm, let's not leave this out in the open because, you know, <laughs> last thing I want is like, you know, I was like, what is this Neo Geo? What are they trying to, you know what I mean? Like that could have easily happened to any kid. I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it happened to a lot of kids, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, this is kind of wild as well. I've just been thinking about this too, but like to sort to sort of um move out of this area of the uh, of the ad space, so to speak, I kind of want to speak about another kind of uh I, I want to speak about something else, just the fact that I wanted to sort of like divert the conversation a little bit. One of my other favorite adverts, which is very, very strange, I want to get to like more weird, uh, surreal, cerebral strange ones now. They had old PS3 ads, right? So right before the PS3 came out, they oh, had these man. really, really strange, like creepy ads that involved like babies and eggs and all sorts of stuff. But this one right here is crazy. Some people know what I'm talking about just off what I've said here. But oh yeah. I'll explain yep. what this advert is very briefly. Like there's this set there's this set of ads, right, that occurred ages ago where they had the PS3 and it was in this white room. And they had this ominous sort of like droning uh, audio playing. Oh, I remember And there would be these. this slow zoom. Yeah, yeah, this slow zoom on, in, on the, in on the PS3. And it would do different things on, depending on what the ad was kind of based around. But one of the creepiest ones for me was there was this one with this baby like doll. It wasn't like a real baby. It was like very clearly like a baby doll. But it was like kind of like moving a little bit. And then its eyes would flutter and it would start crying. And it made this really strange like kind of like baby whale cry as babies do. But yeah, it was just really, really strange. And this kind of now I think about it, it gives me the same kind of feeling that like PT like did when I was like looking into it and stuff. It gives me that same kind of like, what am I even kind of really looking at? What's even going on here? What does this mean? Why has this happened? Yeah, like I really enjoy it. There's one other one, by the way, as well, where they kind of show that there are a bunch of eggs on the ground, right? So there's this PS3 in the back, and there's there, there are these eggs on the ground. And the PS3 it kind of like its controller, it starts to like levitate and float. But as it does so, it twists and turns in the air. 
But as it turns, the eggs, they start to like roll on the ground as if they're being controlled by the PS3. What they're demonstrating here is the fact that the PS3 will have a wireless controller. And like that, to me, at the time when I saw this stuff, it like blew my mind, just how cinematic it all was. But also, again, like just tonally, it's so like cold and in a sense, like unforgiving and kind of like mean and like strange. And it's not like a friendly advert. It doesn't feel like that to me. It feels yeah. like here's what we are. But what do you even, you don't even know what we are. We're kind of just making something and yeah, it's going to like stick with you. And it did. And it stuck with me for ages and ages. And I just wanted to mention it. So shout out to those old PS3 commercials. They were great. It, was, it is super obtuse, but I, I think it was successful in standing out versus the, the Xbox competitor of the era. Cause like maybe their approach was like, okay, let's not like go blow to blow on features or whatever. Let's just be like mind bendingly weird. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I I think so. This um this type of ad probably you, you could draw a direct line to that classic uh, Apple uh, Super Bowl ad, right? The the one where um uh it, it's it's like a, a Orwellian like you know nineteen eighty two future, and then someone runs out and like smashes a screen, and it's like Apple, right? Like super high concept, mm-hmm. a very iconic ad. Um, so uh, like. Yeah, I, I think a running parallel to the like oversexed ads of the uh, '90s were these uh, like intentionally obtuse, uh, very artsy ads uh, because, like again, uh, pre-internet, like you, you, it was not easy to seek out obscure films or surreal experiences. So like, so when the stuff did pop up, it was like, what the hell was that? <laughs> like, cause he, you didn't see it every day. And like, you, you, it, you couldn't immerse yourself in that sort of thing easily. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Art house. Go, go, go. I, I, I was just going to say, go into the uh, thing that you just posted now. I want to hear what yeah, you yeah. So, what so I want to say, so it. the PS3 ad, uh, very surreal, but um, PlayStation actually started doing these really high concept artsy ads. Um, uh, you know, at least in the PS2 era, because y- you could call the PS3 ad very Lynchian, right? But um, they mm-hmm. they literally had David Lynch uh, direct a PS2 uh, advertisement. Um, you know, during the PS2 era. Y- if you're listening to, you can Google it right now. Just Google David Lynch uh, PlayStation commercial, and you'll see. Um, you know, like it, it's it's he did this very surreal black and white ad, just uh, straight out of Twin Peaks. You know. Like, uh, it's just uh, very dreamlike. Um, yeah, so they they knew what they wanted. Like, th- this this was uh, uh, very intentional. And then I, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I have one more commercial I want to talk about. But do you, do you guys want to comment on any, any of this, David Lynch? Let's, let's, let's go. I mean, uh, let's go. I'm- Real quick, I just wanted to add, like what I said before, um, I think it is interesting to, to think about that. I think at the time that the PS3 version came out, uh, Xbox 360, I think, was doing that like standoff ad campaign, you know, where it was everyone doing like finger guns at each other. And I think this is actually crazy smart by on Sony's part that they kind of brought forward was I, I they were really trying to be like, OK, how do we get out of this? Like it's a video game ad and really catch people's attention regardless of whether or not they understand it. Um, so anyway, I actually think that this allowed them to really um, steamroll Xbox 360 in the launch years because like their their advertising was so tame and PlayStation's was so out there. <laughs> like it was, it, yeah. it, it, there was no way to not give your attention to it, right? So I just thought that was an interesting comparison. 
I think right. for me, what it reminded me of was like the first time I saw like Japanese commercials, like whenever I would like watch like anime on like Fuji Sanke, where it was like I was so shocked at how seemingly nonsensical these commercials were, but I remembered them. And that was always a thing that happened where it was like, I honestly don't remember Microsoft ads from that time. I just remember the PlayStation 3 ads. I just remember Mm -hmm. the weird ads. And it was like, oh, Sony's coming out with a new system. Like, because they were so specific in how they were and no one else was doing what they were doing, it caught my attention. And I always remembered those commercials more so than you know, like the Xbox commercials. I mean, that may have also been part of why I bought a PlayStation 3. I mean, obviously I was waiting for Metal Gear Solid 4, but at the same time, it was just like, in my head, it was like, new system, if I'm going to buy one, it's going to be a PS3. It's, it's going to be this. Like that, yeah. So powerful. They, they were, I just want to mention, mention that, because you said it perfectly there, but like, the, they were showcasing not just like a console, but like the idea of a console. And I think that this is kind of what it is that they were going for in their theme of, you know, play beyond, right? Like they were trying to make sure that it felt like edgy, dangerous, like unpredictable, powerful, strong, but also sleek and well-designed. But at the same time, as as well as all of that, just like they really wanted to go in and make sure that you could not only just remember them, but remember the themes in which they were trying to, you know, espouse and display. For example, um, when they're talking about like processor power, what do they do? Do they list a bunch of like technical things? Do they say, okay, look, we've got this, we've got that, we've got this, we've got that. Have a guy with a, you know, a big booming voice shouting at you, telling you what's going on. No. They have a Rubik's Cube float in the middle of a room, solve itself, and then explode, painting an otherwise white room full of bright red, green, blue, orange colors. And then a PS3 just appears, floats down, and then it says, play beyond underneath. And it's like, that's telling you that the PS3 is smart enough, strong enough to solve a Rubik's Cube, break it apart, and then paint the room in its prospective colors. It's like, that's so cool. Like it's, 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 it's showing you what it is that the PS3 is kind of like, you know, capable of doing, like in a sense. It's, just, it's, very, it's a very I, smart way I of want, doing things. I wanted to add, I, I think that this is also because during this time, I think PS3 and Xbox 360 were was the first time that we ever, as a like industry, talked about next gen consoles, and I think mm-hmm. this was a very intelligent take on what next gen. At this point, it's getting like kind of old. Like it's like next next gen next gen. Oh, it's the next next. It's 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 the double next. Okay, we get it. It's the new generation of consoles. But at the time, I think that this was when the leap between PS2 and Xbox to PS3 and Xbox 360 was significantly larger. Um, Cause like to your point, that was the first time that wireless controllers were being introduced. It was the first time they had like actual serious processors in them. Um, it was, it was a pretty big deal. And I thought that was a an interesting way to approach the. Yeah. That paradigm shift. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I just want to point out that um, this this kind of uh, uh, Sony's angle here in establishing themselves as the more mature option uh, that didn't start with uh, you know uh, PS3 360 that was as early as the PS2 era because the Xbox came out mm-hmm. in what uh, 2001 I think and um, you know that was around the time they started doing the David Lynch one and did did you guys watch the Chris Cunningham uh, PS2 commercial? I, don't think I, so. I just posted it earlier. Just take a look at that. It's called Mental okay. Wealth by Chris Cunningham. 
and uh, I hope you don't mind. I'll just talk over it. Oh, no, 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 I have, so, I, no I have seen yeah. this. I've seen, I've seen this, yeah, yeah. This one is one of my favorites because, like, it oh, is... Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen this one. It has nothing to do with PlayStation directly. They essentially just told Chris Cunningham, like, hey, just make, like, a cool, you know, like, one-minute film, like, whatever the heck you want, and we'll just slap PlayStation on it, which was the way to go, right? Because they approached, like... Um, I, I don't know if the listeners are familiar with uh, Chris Cunningham, but um, at the time he was like the cutting edge uh, uh, music video guy. He had, he'd done so many awesome music videos for you know artists like Bjork and stuff. And and if you look at this now, uh, Mental Wealth by Chris Cunningham, it's it's a really strange advertisement. It's it's just a, a, a you know like this cute girl British lady given a Scottish a woman yeah, Scottish. Yeah. okay Scottish okay and um you know she's just giving the speech of, uh pertaining to human evolution I guess but there's just something off about her it, it is um like very uncanny valley like her eyes are just too far apart her head is just like a little bit too big um uh, you know the angle of her eyes are just it turned inward a little too much but uh as unsettling as it is, like it's still like weirdly, I don't know, like kind of a, a appealing in like a il- illustrative way. Like it, it's really, really specific. I, I can't quite put it into words. And to this day, like it's aged really well because I don't know how he did it. I still don't really understand how Chris Cunningham did his work because um, most stuff today is, is is 3d right like you, you model stuff and light it photorealistically but he was achieving these like really bizarre uh photo real effects using really strange video editing so i think he was doing just video editing and i don't know just painting it frame by frame to make sure it matched up like the the, the technology for this stuff was not great back then 2003 i think when this was made but like it still looks yeah. utterly seamless to me yeah yeah, it still comes off like an otherworldly but familiar yeah. like creature. Uh, and you don't, it's almost like you don't even question. You're just like somehow that existed within the, you know, I guess the creation of it. But it's like, yeah, like when I saw that, I was like, man, he just found some really odd looking person and <laughs> filmed them. Like that was like when I saw it, I didn't even think like, okay, well, how did they get this effect? I was like. I don't know where he found this person, but wow. <laughs> like that's really interesting. Like, so yeah, that stuff still hits in a way that's like super uh, memorable. And I mean, yeah, it's got kind of a, you can't look away vibe. Like it's, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't come off as, as off putting as you would think it would be. You're just very intrigued by everything. That's, like your, your mind's trying to process yeah. all of the different things that are, that you're seeing, but it's, it's close. And like to your point, it's not that weird. But it's definitely got a mm. lot of things that are uncanny valley like, yeah. Yeah, he basically made like the like live action Battle Angel Alita face, but in like you know, <sighs> yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. Yeah. That's a great point in that. I just want to mention something too, just for anyone who doesn't know. Um, the actual speech in and of itself, it says, let me tell you what bugs me about the human endeavor. I've never been the human in question. Have you? Uh, mankind went to the moon. I don't even know where Grimsby is. Like Grimsby is a town in England for those who don't know. But what they mean by that is the fact that like humans have gone so far, but at the same time, so many of us don't even get to experience any of that 
So it's just like, you know, what what does it mean to be part of a part of a human endeavor, be a human yourself, mm-hmm. but have, you know, not actively been a part of some of the the heights, I suppose, of our human experiences or, you know, the the, the heights of parts of history, right? Because Grimsby, again, for those who like don't know like where like Grimsby is, it's in it's in England and like you could get there relatively easily if you're in England. But this woman from Scotland here, she's saying, Oh, I've basically never really been anywhere, but what does it mean to me? Uh, just you know, to be a human being and be linked with all this great stuff that we've done. She says, like, forget progress by proxy, land on your own moon. It's no longer about what they can achieve out there on your behalf, but what we can experience up here, like taps ahead. And then says, in our own time, it's called mental wealth. And then she starts laughing. And I think it's really interesting just because this in and of itself, it speaks to so many different things, just like with the advent of social media, with, you know, how it is that we have formed not only just like parasocial relationships, but with how it is that we form relationships with kind of you know ourselves how it is that we view ourselves through the the, the utilization of you know like be it various uh, filters throughout all of that through like snapchat and instagram times from like the past decade now i guess but also on top of that as well the fact that they mentioned something you know called mental wealth and being able to you know yeah. be happy in who it is that you are within yourself and asking yourself okay like you know if someone else is doing this cool thing but i'm not doing that cool thing am i really happy like with myself kind of a thing which they're asking here and they're doing this like you said back in like oh three which is like a long yeah. time before anyone else was even really thinking about any oh, of this especially with regard to how totally. it's in space with technology so really interesting stuff here yeah yeah even the concept of mental health that was not in the vernacular right like no. at no, least in the u.s like people did not they did not care about mental health. They did, that was like so far beyond like what people were concentrating on day to day back mm-hmm. then. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, I'm not even sure when the term really kind of obviously the concept in and of itself, like taking care of how it is that you, you know, are like on the inside, like, yeah, that has existed, but in terms of yeah, the phrasing mm-hmm. of it in terms of being mental health, but even just specifically the here, like mental wealth. I'm not sure when that was like coined specifically. Perhaps this could be one of the first times in which it was, you know, properly put out to the public. But I mean, yeah, like as you've said, like there there are so many things which this very short paragraph sort of points at and asks questions on and sort of tugs your brain about. And yeah, just very, very far ahead of its time. I'm glad that you actually wanted to, wanted to talk about that just then because I really enjoyed that. Yeah, from if you if you want to if you want to find out what we're talking about, we'll probably drop a link to it after the episode drops anyway. But it's called Mental Wealth by Chris Cunningham. It's a Sony PlayStation commercial, commercial, and it was a work of the director Chris Cunningham from uh, 2003. So yeah, it's it's out there on YouTube. You can check it out. But it's really really cool. And yeah, I'm, I really enjoyed that. It was a good ad. Yeah, you'll we'll watch it a few times just to try to process it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot going on in there and also one other thing as well just to mention i love the fact that again like these ads like they're not trying to sell you like on a product like itself they're not saying playstation like ps2 go buy it comes out this time go get it really good time yeah let's go let's get let's get into it like it's got these games it's got this stuff it's got this controller like no they're asking you about well they're not even asking you that they're just speaking about like you know mental wealth but also just about what it is that they feel as a human being like it's not like an advert for anything it's just like it's, it's just a a set of like emotions and feelings and thought process thought processes and you end up you know questioning yourself it ends up just giving you so much to think about and i think that in what it is that they were trying to go for that is kind of what 
the product would help you feel like, if that makes sense. So for example, like they're trying to make you feel how they think that the PS2 or 3, no, sorry, this was for the 2 at the time, but the PS2 would like make you feel, if that makes sense. So they're trying to be like, oh, do you know how you feel right now? That might be how, that might be how you might feel if you get like this as a, as a system or whatever, just because it's for like a PlayStation commercial. But that's again, looking at it in the most like capitalistic aspect if that you could. But yeah, I'm sure Chris Cunningham's probably gone for that again, very cerebral kind of just, okay, what does it mean to be human? And it's just it's such a massive, you know, set of questions asked in such a short space of time. It's forty-one seconds long. It's a lot to think about. I'm still like, wow, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, oh, good, John. No, go ahead, go ahead. I just want to say, um, I, I, I think, uh, yeah, it, it's really interesting that, as you pointed out, like they weren't really advertising anything. It was more like, here is a really cool pensive piece uh, from this really interesting artist, and this is like pre-smartphone, so like. You couldn't just rewatch it whenever you wanted. Like you would catch that, and then you know it might like stick with you. And I, I think it was especially um, impressive back then. Another dimension on top of that is, yeah, you know, we were still having this conversation in in the year, you know, in the early two thousands about like, oh, you know, games aren't just for kids. Hey, games can be art, right? Like that, there was still like a debate around that. Yeah. So it was like they were kind of borrowing the prestige of these. Uh, really exciting filmmakers and, uh, you know, saying like, Hey, games can explore these like obtuse, uh, you know, uh, uh feelings too, right? Like they, they can get, uh, they can go deep into this stuff, which was true. Like if, if, if you actually bought a PlayStation and you played Ico or something like that, like it, there were, uh, these artistic experiences on there that you could, you know, uh, really compare to film, uh, by that point, like, um, and, I mean, always games. To me, games have always been art. But the, by by PS2 era, it's like okay, clearly, like w even without understanding the craft of like older games, it's like obviously this is an artistic experience. That that actually um, so that, that gives me a, a bridge to pivot to a slightly different topic, but mainly because we're talking about PlayStation, and sure. and this is about advertising, but it's not quite the same. But I think you'll you'll see why. Um, I wanted to talk about it in relation to this. So um, one of the, the first experiences I actually had with the first PlayStation 1, right? And I actually think this is something that I, I wish there was more of is when, I, when, my, when my parents actually got me a PlayStation. So the first, this is again, PS1, 97-ish, uh, 98, whatever. Um, they actually didn't really know what they were getting me. So I actually didn't get any games with it. But the PS1 came with a demo disc. Um <laughs> And the the demo disc, I think this actually gets to the point that Richmond, you were talking about around artistic experiences on PlayStation. And mm -hmm. it had a bunch of demos. It had like Parappa the Rapper. It had Ace Combat 2. It had Armored Core. It had Tomb Raider 2. It had Metal Gear Solid. Like, it was like this grab bag of amazingly different various experiences. And um, mm -hmm. I, uh, so for, for me particularly, I had never seen anything like Parappa the Rapper. Uh, which if y'all have not seen it is like a uh, it's a, it's a timing based like dance style game, but like the characters are like 2d pieces of paper in a 3d space. Um, and like, even with this demo disc, like before I ever got like a real game, I used to play the one level of ACE combat two over <laughs> and over and over. But I, I just remember like this, this, like I, I, I was so upset initially that my parents didn't know, like, to get me a game and they were weren't sure what game to get me 
but I popped this thing in and I basically played PlayStation one with this demo disc for six months or something. And it, it just did such a good job of expressing the variety of different like artistic and like awesome things that the PlayStation was capable of. I think this is partially why I'm still like a massive PlayStation fan. Like I, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with Xbox, but like I'm hardcore team PlayStation. Like that's the main console I have. And I, I, I wonder if it comes down to kind of uh, what Richmond was talking about. like around. And I also thought this was kind of an interesting thing to talk about advertising, which is that um, <laughs> just think about the death of game demos. But I, I don't know, like even if you go online, this demo disc was such a big deal that there are reviews of this demo disc like it's a game. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I just wanted yeah. to bring it up, but I thought it was a good, it just like as we were talking more and more about PlayStation and how they, and when Richmond was like, oh, it wasn't just PS3 that did it. I was like, oh, that's right. PlayStation 1 was so good at this. So anyway, that's the, that's the, the topic that I wanted to. Now we'd love to see it. Honestly, that's what I love about this is the fact that, like, you know, memories unlock memories that unlock memories, you know? So that's that's really cool. Yeah. You know, for the future, there's definitely an episode in there for sure. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. Oh, I love definitely. demo discs. Shout out, we gotta get shout out PS3. Shout out uh, Dead Space 2 demo disc. That got me through a lot of stuff. I love that one. Let's go. Mm. All that stuff. Yeah. I, I just yeah. want to point out real quick, uh, Sean, you posted a, a, a screenshot of the demo disc that you're talking about. Armored Core was one of the games on there. Can mm-hmm. I don't think I I love that game, uh, but um, it was so cool that such a niche game was uh, you know like on the demo disc in a pack-in title, and I don't think anyone could have predicted that like twenty years later they would make a game that sold fifteen million copies in two weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just just wild to think of it. Mm-hmm. And I also like uh, in trying to find like a picture of this, I also was reminded of. Uh, a thing that I actually used to have, official PlayStation magazine, uh, oh, used yeah. to also yes. come with a demo disc. Uh, like, I don't even remember that nowadays, like where, you know, get a magazine, you'd be at like Barnes and Noble. Yes. And you'd be like, oh, snap, it's got a demo disc in it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's actually how I got introduced to games like Ape Escape and um, like yes. b- back when this was like a thing like Spyro the Dragon, like games that I wasn't necessarily interested in. But I was like, hey, it's got a demo disc. And I was like, hey, this game is really fun. So uh, uh, it makes me sad that game demos are not more of a, a thing just because like I have such positive nostalgic memories um, of them. But the, like I said, the PS one demo disc, like looking back on it, like you said, it's such a treasure, tr- like it's such a treasure trove of amazing games um, that like, I, I, I don't know. It, it's also when we talk about like exclusive and launch titles, how I, I do think that like, generally speaking, consoles have fallen over a bit on, uh, launch titles because this is part of why I think PlayStation was winning the game is that th- there's nothing special about this demo disc other than it's a collection of like amazing different uh, like it also had like Madden on it and it had Gran Turismo like basically I ended up owning basically every game on that demo disc right like it's just uh, but it's not because uh, of exactly it's just exactly what PlayStation did but I do think that they were much better at cultivating creativity and I think we've even talked at length about why um playstation uh especially when when the ps1 came out and ps2 were coming out that they were kind of cultivating this attitude okay so i'm done <laughs> no, ads are it. powerful <laughs> yeah, extremely 
Very listen, hey, listen for anyone listening. You are not immune to propaganda. Do you know what I'm saying? Listen, there is there is no way that we can in the times which, in which we've been growing up, and especially now, like you can't you know move throughout the world without being influenced by something. And I think a lot of people that are involved in marketing, even or well, funnily enough, in my actual life, my younger sister, she's a fashion marketing uh, person. She works for a bunch of different people and Stella McCartney and all sorts of stuff. But yeah, like it's one of these wow. things which makes me like laugh. Them. Yeah, yeah she, my sister's a very cool person shout out her. She, she does a lot of cool stuff but uh yeah like um it's one of these things which makes me laugh just the fact that like we have our favorite games and our favorite series but we don't have them for no reason you know we've been influenced by all different types of media all different types of music where we've grown up who we've grown up around into liking the certain things that we do and then on top of that the stories in which they you know tell us and how it is that they resonate with us they're absolutely able to do so because of our own life experiences and what it is that we've been able to go through how it is that we see the world and those worldviews are in turn shaped by all different types of things regarding politics geopolitics all sorts of different stuff but one cool thing about how that relates to video games is the fact that like our time and our lives i'm going to put something in now which is kind of leading me all up into this but our time and our lives they are shown through the media through which we consume so what, what am i talking about there's this really really cool video that came out i think back in 2013 2012 2013 times the my, my uk friends will know will, will know all about this but playstation they did a beautiful advert called hashtag playstation memories and they did this called for the players since 1995 and they went all through sony and their experiences in different games and stuff but also just like kind of like what it was like to grow up in the uk throughout different uh you know gaming experiences and just seeing different kind of games come through what kind of games you would like what kind of games you would be playing but they did this through like the eyes of a young you know like kid teenager young adult all throughout the uk and they have so many different things here they've got like the they've got vib ribbon in the back here they've got sorry what am, I, what, what am I talking about? I'm sorry. Just to, just to explain this for the people who aren't watching. But there's an advert that I've just like put in, which I'll be describing. But it is basically a, a, a day-by-day, sort of step-by-step, year-by-year, growing up with with Sony as, as a child in the UK, in, in England. So they have, as I'm sure people might know, uh, Blur, like the 90s band that were very, very popular. 90s, or 2000s band, oh, very, very popular. That Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, Blur were cool. Also, shout out, fun fact, my mom did some work with Damon Albarn on some music and stuff like that. Very, very fun times. Oh, very that's cool. that's so cool. Yep. Whoa. I, I have signed, I, I, yeah, indeed. I, I have signed artwork that he wrote to me, for me and my sister back when, I'm, back when we were like six, five, six what? when she did that. Yeah, 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 it's true. I, I posted about it on Twitter. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, Damon yeah. Albarn, shout out him. Uh, him and my mom made music together. Good times. But anyway, um, yeah, so uh, Park Life, like they've got a poster for that song. Park Life is an incredibly popular song, especially if you are into this type of music, but generally, if you were in the UK at this time, hugely popular. But again, not the point. My main point is they've got Crash Bandicoot on here on posters. They've got Cloud Strife in here on posters. They've got Barrett. They've got Tifa. They've got Vib Ribbon. They've got all different types of characters. They've got Hayaki from Tekken. Like, they sort of take you through a step-by-step, year-by-year of this uh, of this growth of, of what it is that the PlayStation meant to people as not just a system, but like as a way of life. If you come to England, a lot of people here they love Tekken they love Tekken so much because for a long time this was their first experience with not just like fighting games but with games in general like that a lot of my friends many of them 
around my age, many of them just slightly older than me. <clears throat> Anytime I talk about going to the arcade with them, or if we do go to the arcade, because we've been, we have arcade here in Manchester, like there's always Tekken machines there. There's always Tekken machines on, oh, and there are always people I, playing. People love Tekken. I just want to say real quick, real quick, I, I was literally just thinking today, uh, for some reason, I just thought of the scene in uh, Shaun of the Dead, where one of the guys mm-hmm. was like, hey, do you remember when we stayed all up all night playing Tekken? And I, I was like, yep. That was like the first time I heard like an authentic portrayal of um, just like someone who genuinely, casually likes games like a real person. Like it, it felt so natural. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know why that came to mind. Yeah, so I, I, that's cool. That's to know. Second is a big deal. Big deal in the UK. Uh, huge, yeah. huge, 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 huge. Okay. It's like it, it's very, very hard to kind of like overstate like how um, how many people here like they love tech. And whenever I speak to people yeah. about fighting games, whenever people just not even just about fighting games, when I tell people of like my involvement in games, they say, "Oh, so I've had people say, oh, like Tekken.' Like to me before, like when I've been out at parties or oh, clubs or whatever, like they've been like, "Oh, you mean like Tekken? You mean like fighting games, like Tekken stuff like that?" Like yeah, yeah. And, and you and you explain what it is that you kind of like do through the guys and through the through the nature of like of games and stuff but just another random thing as well like throughout this advert why it's kind of like so important like to me just to mention like they have multiple things in here which are very specific to uh uk people (laughs) uk people to to us british people so basically they have a thing in here which we used to do uh on school we'd have a thing called leavers day so for example when you're about to leave from uh primary school into high school or high school into college or whatever on the last day of school basically people come in with a with our regular sort of like uniform shirts on because people here wear uniforms and but 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 we're allowed to for the last day write on them so you write like messages about that person like on the shirt so you'll say oh we used to have a really good time doing this and that gonna miss you or oh have a good good look next year hope we see each other again or oh hey like um i knew you loved like science good luck with all your science classes in sixth form or in college or whatever like you'd write like a nice message on someone and you'd write it kind of like while they were wearing it you'd write it like on them and you'd you'd say you'd take a pen and you just do it on everyone and it would just be like a nice like cute thing and like whenever i see stuff like this it just reminds me of like you know my like leavers days and like people writing stuff on my shirt me writing stuff on other people's shirts but yeah like this this video in and of itself we'll have to put a post for this too if you want to youtube it it's called for the players since 1995 if you type in playstation for the players since 1995 you'll you'll find it it's pretty easy but yeah this this, uh came out back in the past back in 2013 i think and yeah you just see a bunch of kids playing tekken they got like tifa in the background they got um they got Aerith in the background they got all these different characters and they're just showing you kind of like what it was like to grow up as a as a sony enjoyer so to speak in the uk and i really enjoyed that they take you through different generations everything sort of changes and moves as well as time passes technology improves they get a ps1 they get a ps2 they get a ps3 you know they've got different music and stuff going on here they've got an enemy magazine they've got different shoes of different styles the tvs change do you know what i mean like everything the, the styles of what the people are wearing change like you know like as you grow up you change you find different things to wear you enjoy doing different things as you become you know from a teenager to a young adult to an adult like yeah i think it's nice that we've actually been able to see this through such a specifically like a uk perspective and then at the same time be able to sort of expand upon that and then show other people and you know see what they think about it with with respect to you know where they grew up and how but yeah i just wanted to mention this very quickly just because it's one of my favorite adverts and also it's very like uk playstation focused and i think that's kind of the tone of this episode so yeah good times yeah, absolutely, oh, man. man. It's really like awesome. Uh, 
that something like this uh, exists on such a like a regionally specific level, yeah. and yet and yet somehow it still kind of unites other areas of the world because it's like so many people grew up with Sony or any system, honestly, and seeing it kind of go through the different like times. I mean, it really shows how impactful video games as a uh, transformative media uh, has been impactful for like decades. And like, this is like a, mm-hmm. it's like a wonderful thing to see it because I mean, just like what Richmond brought up earlier, it's like, you know, there was a time where there was a debate of whether video games were art, whether video games were impactful uh, experiences that people can have. And obviously, you know, we've evolved to a point where, you know, we definitely see the importance. Uh, and I mean, it's great. It's great to see, uh, this kind of thing being done where people are at a stage in their life where, you know, they're more of an adult and they can look back and go, man, those are some great times, uh, and impactful times and on different levels, different games, different experiences. And, uh, I mean, it, again, this goes back into the idea of like just how powerful an advertisement can be, even for a new potential prospect of someone buying something and someone who's been a dedicated supporter of a product to be able to look back and sort of have this like love letter being sent to them in the form of an ad of like, you know, thank you for supporting us. And also like, you know, just being able to look back and say, man, look at, look at the, the, the times that I had with this thing. Like it's, it's, it's amazing. 100%. You said that perfectly, honestly, just cause like, this is, um, it's a, it's a love letter to, to people who've, who've gamed, but also just in general, like to people specifically like in the UK, like I've just said, I've just showed people here, like there are some certain buildings in London specifically that are being built and it, and it shows you the fact that like they're actually actively going under construction, like at the time. Obviously, they're, oh, wow. they're, 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 faking, they're, they're faking it for these recordings, obviously. But yeah, it just goes to show, you know, like the passage of time. And it's a, it's a video which lasts like three minutes and stuff. But as you watch and as you go forward and as you sort of, you know, evolve and stuff, you see the kids in it grow up as well. For example, the, the guys, they, they get a bit bigger. They look a bit older. Like the, the young, there's, there's a young girl in it and stuff who start, who's a, at the very beginning as they're all playing games. And stuff, and then as it, as the camera pans around, she's kind of like started to look a bit older. She's doing her makeup in the mirror and stuff like that. She's looking like a bit more of a of a young adult, like teenage woman now and stuff. And it's like it's one of these things which is kind of you know you see the growth, you see the ability to change, but also it keeps on going back around past things which were slightly older at the time that makes them look a bit older. But then as as that happens, they bring in like the newer thing. And yeah, I just I really enjoyed this just because one thing which I wanted to finally mention is just the fact that um. All of this here, like what it is that I'm like looking at, what it is I'm showing you guys, but they they all they make every single room look exactly like all of my friends' rooms from like primary school, high school, college times, uni times. Like I I've been in room like my room used to look like this for for a period of time, but it's just like yeah, it's just the fact that you see people all together. They've got the Domino's box on the floor. They've got the Assassin's Creed poster on the back. They've got guitars on the wall. They've got like the PlayStation hooked up. They have Edge magazine. Shout out to Edge magazine again, a UK publication. Shout out to Chris Schilling, another awesome writer that works over there at Edge and does fantastic work with a bunch of other people who you know all were all have been doing massive things for games in terms of just not only just their journalism, but in terms of their spread, their advertisement, and also learning from developers and looking into their own lives. Edge Magazine's a great publication. Everyone should check that out. But yeah, like it's one of these things in which like I've always felt a very strong connection to, despite as I've memed about here, not really being, not really being too sort of like much of a like UK like Stan account. I'm not, 
But at the same time, it's like when I see things like this that shows like the kind of the good, the nostalgia, but also the sort of genuine um, that growth, that evolution that was such a real part of like my life. It's just yeah, it, it's wonderful to look at and to see an ad capture that so well. It just makes me feel really uh, happy, so to speak. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what we're talking about is when when ads are just successful pieces of art, right? Like it's not. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't doesn't feel exploitative right it doesn't feel cheap like it, it's very real right like when, when i look at this ad it's like uh it, it looks authentic it's not like sanitized it's not like romanticized too much like it, it's it's this it reminds you of good times you really had and that that's mm -hmm. you know it's actually meaningful that's that's really that's that's really cool absolutely it's got it's got the peak kind of fashion as well that's in there too because i mean like i'm sort of looking out and i'm laughing and i'm seeing like posters for like little big planet again stuff like that shout out media molecule shout out peter field but also like just it, it, it's quite funny just the fact that um we see these things and as they evolve over time you see the people evolve over time and as you said it's just like it's so genuine you know it's so real and it's so raw in that aspect just the fact that the the grounding of that reality and the fact that these are based upon real experiences the people that worked on this ad they had these experiences and that's why it's able to hit home so well and i think that that's just yeah. a testament to what it is that games not just as a as a medium but games is kind of like as a way of living in a sense that's what it is that it can yeah. mean to somebody and that's how it can be expressed and shown so yeah i, I just love it that's awesome yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. we we hit that one up pretty good huh yeah 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 yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> good, yeah. <laughs> good place to wrap things up absolutely Ooh. shout out adverts right. sometimes man yeah 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 i um when they're done right it, it, yeah you know yes. they, they, it's it's a medium I, I you know what this is ridiculous but i've never consciously thought of ads as like their own medium <laughs> like legitimate medium until just now <laughs> it's like yeah, like you can actually express uh, pretty pretty uh, meaningful things through through advertisements. So, um, wow, yeah. this one went places. Uh, so let's Absolutely. let's wrap this up. But also, I think we're not done. I mean, I, I think we we could do a whole another, definitely in for another podcast, Beth, because uh, this I, is such a I fun can. topic. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And I've I've definitely got some some doozies for 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 next time. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Looking forward to it. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, first let's wrap up this one. Um, let's, uh, whew, this was a super fun one. Okay. Uh, dear listeners, uh, thank you. Thank you for making it all the way to the end of this podcast. Uh, really, really appreciate you, uh, you know, taking your time to hang out with us. Um, if you are enjoying the art eater podcast, uh, please know you could catch up on all our older podcasts. If you go to arteater.com, that's a R T dash E A T E R.com. Um, uh, you can link to all of our previous podcasts as well as some uh, long form uh, written articles on there. Uh, so yeah, uh, check that out. And if you want to follow the podcast, um, we're always uh, posting updates on Twitter. Uh, so you can follow along at Art Eater Podcast, A-R-T-E-A-T-E-R -E -E Podcast. Um, and uh, I'm your host, Richmond. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Richmond Lee, R-I-C-H-M-O-N-D underscore l-e-e -E. i'm on, on there all the time uh just feel free to hit me up you know we can talk about art and video games and just anything that really moves you um yeah and i'm, I'm just real happy to be able to hang out with you guys <laughs> every week and and just shoot the breeze Always. like this so yeah definitely. uh yeah dudes uh, just let please let everyone know uh what you're up to and how how people can uh, follow along uh sean why don't you go first 
Yep, I'm Sean. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Daborsk, D-A-B-R-S-K. Um, and I talk a lot about PC gaming because um, I lead design teams at NZXT or PC gaming companies. So um, been working a lot of writing, rapidly trying to get my, my book out to market. Um, but for, for now, uh, I'm continuing to do uh, mentoring on adplist.org. Uh, I've talked about it before, but uh, for until the end of March, I'm trying to um, raise an additional $500 to donate to Noir Network. Uh, already going to, the, the goal is 1000 but I'm already going to donate 500 but I'm trying to close the gap by doing mentoring, uh, which again, is totally free. It's more of a, a working with the new tipping feature on ADP list. So uh, you can find me over there as well as a bunch of other good design leaders and people in the industry. Um, it's a lot of people in the game industry as well as uh, product and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, that is me. Follow me and uh, check me out. And otherwise, I will be spending the probably next few weeks uh, frustratingly tweeting about Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah. That sounds about right, man. Uh, this is James Stanley once again, uh, resident fighting, fighting game guy here at uh, Art Eater. Um, I'm also a comic artist, uh, storyboard artist, illustrator. Uh, one thing I want to bring up that I'm currently uh, working on has been my Patreon. Uh, it's been really fun sort of uh, shifting things regarding an independent project that I'm working on within the, uh, the medium that is Patreon. So uh, it's been really cool so far. But one thing I want to sort of like briefly announce is that I'm actually going to be doing some uh, exclusive monthly Patreon illustrations. Uh, I've been working on some really cool uh, promotional material for it. Uh, and if you know me, you probably can guess what the theme is. But uh, when you see it, uh, you'll definitely know it's me. Uh, but one place that you can see it for sure is on my Twitter. I'm actually noticing I'm spending a lot more time on there than I used to. Um, but uh, my Twitter is, my handle is Beefy Kunoichi. That is B-E-E-F-Y underscore K-U-N-O-I-C-H-I. Uh, talk a lot about fighting games on there from time to time. Uh, anime that I really like. Animation in general uh, that I think is really cool. Uh, influences. And sometimes I show sneak peeks of uh, my project, uh, Part-Time Shuffle, which I'm super excited about. And uh, again, a lot of it is uh, kind of wrapped up in my Patreon at the moment. But of course, I'll be showing some things from time to time on my Twitter. But again, uh, things are really kind of cooking up over there. So, uh, you know, if you're interested, if you want to know my process or what it is that I do, what my influences are, I just want to know a little bit more about Part-Time Shuffle as a project, uh, feel free to Check out my Patreon, which is the same name as my Twitter handle, except there's no underscore, so it's just beefy kunoichi all the way through. And uh, again, man, I hope to see you on Twitter or on my Patreon. Either way, uh, thanks for watching. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Uh, Adam, please be here once again. I go by Adrian Twitter, but you guys already know that. But if you don't know that, it's your favorite game, level designer, pixel artist, and also international taekwondo fighter here. Once again, back with the crew. Are uh, killing it as always? I had a really good time today, and I'm really glad that we were able to speak about the types of ads which we've been, you know, like influenced by, touched by, really inspired by, but also just ones which we enjoyed, which we thought were funny too. I really like that. So shout out to everybody here who's done such a good job in researching that too. I had a really good time learning about how you guys felt. But yeah, um, 
I love to share and retweet all kinds of cool art that I see. So if you liked anything that I've said, you can find me over there on Twitter at AJ Mattis. That's at A-J-M-A-T-T-I-S. Uh, if anyone wants or needs any help with anything pixel art related, I'm a professional pixel artist, so I, I'm doing work currently. And I'm also working on a couple of projects with some friends and other clients, so things are going well in that regard. If anyone needs any help with anything, sometimes I can actually or actively uh, help people out. So I'm just like, hey, hit me up, send me a DM. I have some contact information. We can work some things out. Also, just one random thing, but people have been really cool in that they've just been sort of DMing me sometimes and been like, oh, hey, I liked what you said. Or, oh, hey, I'm actually kind of interested. Would you like to talk about this some more? And I have, nice. and it's been really fun. So yeah, shout out to all of that stuff too. If anyone else needs any, you know, pointers on anything just regarding pixel art or just regarding art or regarding anything in general that you think is interesting, that you want to talk to a little old Adam about, you can hit me up on there. But if not, it's cool. Uh, this was really fun. I had a brilliant time. So everybody, take care. Stay safe. See you next time. And uh, yeah, uh, if you like what we what you heard just there, stick around because we got some more coming up soon. So bye, everybody. Peace out. Take care. Later. Take care.